morning, everyone. What a morning. Yo, I'm very excited to get to share with you guys what is on my heart. I didn't know if I was going to make it up here because worship was so awesome. You know, when you have a crazy morning, Milo, can I ask you for my water? And, uh, and, and, and you go, okay, we'll just do two songs in worship today to try and save time. And then God goes, okay, I'll quickly wreck you in two songs. <laughs> and you're just like, ah, oh, his presence is so tangible this morning. And, I, and I've seen so much of what I'm going to preach on already happen or be mentioned this morning. So I'm very, very excited about the word that God has got for us this morning. And can I just pray quickly before we get started? <sighs> Holy Spirit, thank you that you are here. We can't do this without you. And so we want to honor your presence this morning and thank you for meeting with us. And I pray that as the word goes out this morning that you would soften our hearts and you would open our ears to hear what you have to say to us today, Father God. I pray that it would be a word of, that brings life, that challenges, but above all that draws us closer to your presence. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen, amen. All right, so let's get into it. I'm really, who's been enjoying the series so far? Who's been challenged by the series so far? Who finds themselves during the week going, oh, those rocks, put down the rocks, oh, stop judging people, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> it's been really good, but so, so, so challenging, and I'm loving it. So we've done two weeks already, and the first week we met up with a woman that was caught in in adultery, and then Milo challenged us to put down our rocks and stop judging people, and our word for that day was forgiveness. That's a big one. So, so each sermon isn't your challenge for the week. It's your challenge for the rest of your life, you know, but it's just God highlighting things that we just need to keep working on. So I'm still working on week one, and then we got to week two, and we had a look at Zacchaeus, which is such a cute Bible story, but actually... It's such a powerful story of Jesus invading someone's life that everybody else has said, you're not good enough. And so we were challenged to live a life of grace and accept people, no matter how different they are, no matter what they look like or what they live their life like, Jesus came for everybody. And so I'm still working on living a life of grace. And today, we're going to look at the life of a man called Jairus, Jairus. Jairus. If you put the I in the wrong place, it changes his name. And the whole week I've been saying, get it right. So Jairus, and he is an awesome man. And you know what is so interesting about his story is that smack bang in the middle of his story, there's another story. Have you guys ever been like telling a story and someone just totally interrupts you? My daughter does that. <laughs> so we'll be chatting and Becky's like la 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 and she starts telling us your story and you're like hello <laughs> I was busy talking and so I, I think Jairus felt like that a little bit this week but uh, we'll get into that just now so smack bang in the middle of that is the, is the story of the woman with the issue of blood a well-known story I think and so in preparing I was going to skip over her story because we've we've heard it so many times and we tell her story without telling Jairus' story. So surely I can tell Jairus' story without telling her story. But then I realized I can't. 
because these stories are actually so intertwined. And so I'm going to get into it, and we're going to look at both of these stories a little bit today. And so I'm reading from the book of Mark, chapter 5 and verse 21. And for those of you who are taking notes, I've called today's message, Slow It Down, which I really have to laugh a little bit about because I think God did that to us this morning. (laughs) We were ready for church and then God was like, slow it down. Well, some of us slowed down, other people went crazy and were running like mad people all over the place, but some of us got to slow it down and we had the most amazing prayer meeting. While you guys online were waiting for the service, we were in here calling down fire. (laughs) And it was awesome and I believe that that was a God moment. And so we need to be aware of the moments in our lives when we need to slow it down. But let's read from chapter 20, verse 21, chapter 5, verse 21. Um, Up to 43, we're going to do it in sections, though, because it's quite a big, big piece of passage. And it says, when Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. I love that. So in Luke, he tells us that Jairus' daughter was 12-year-old. She was young. My son's 12 years old, you know. She was young. She was dying. And Jairus comes desperate. And he comes to Jesus and he says, Please come to my house. Please come and just put your hands on my daughter because I know that if you do that, she will be healed. And so Jesus goes, okay, I'll come with you to your house. But you know what struck me when I read that? I thought, you know, Jesus wasn't just hanging around waiting for someone to come and ask him for help. Jesus was already on a mission. His day was already, he got off the boat. He's got the plan. I asked Milo, I said, so who do you think was the guy in charge of Jesus's calendar? And we think it's probably Matthew because he was the accountant, right? Who doesn't, does Michael have a good calendar going? Yeah, so (laughs) So we go probably Matthew had the Google diary all sorted out, Google calendar, all the disciples knew, okay, we're going to go here, then we're going to go there, there's a plan. And then Jesus' day gets interrupted and Jairus comes and he says, please, I need your help. And so Jesus says, okay. And you know what? I was just thinking about that, and I was like, have you ever had your day interrupted? Sometimes it's a good thing. Most of the time you're like, oh, really? Like, it's already so busy. And I realized how blessed I am, because at the school that our kids are in, I have an amazing group of friends that I've developed in the time that we've been there. Quite a few of them come to church. Woohoo! Well, our church. Others of them go to other churches, but like, it's so awesome when you get to go to church with your friends. But we've all had that moment where your, your meeting runs late or you're stuck in traffic or the younger sibling threw up on the couch or threw up on you. You know, like stuff, life happens. But I have a group of friends that I can go, oh, I'm going to be a bit late. Will you just grab my little one? Will you just watch them, make sure they don't like run away or come out the gate? You know, like there's those people that I can phone. And there's this group of us and, and I've had them phone me and I've phoned them and it's just awesome to have those people and you know what even one day there was one of the moms she actually wasn't even going to go to school that day I can't remember if her daughter was home or she'd gone home early but 
someone phoned her and said, will you just grab my child quickly? And she went to school, even though she wasn't going to school, if you know what I mean. Because for our group of friends, it's not about it's convenient. It's about being available for each other. It's about being there when someone calls you for help. And that is my first challenge to us this morning. Are you available? Are you interruptible? <laughs> Jesus definitely was. He never pushed anyone aside. He never pushed anyone away. Everyone that came to him, he made time for them. And he spoke to them. And he met their need in that moment. And I believe we need to become more interruptible, more available. Do the people around you know that you're a Christian? Do they feel like they could approach you? I know you guys have people ringing on your doors, on your doorbell, because they know I can go there and they're going to help me. They're going to pray for me. We need to be those people that are living a life where people go, man, I'm stuck. Mario. I can phone Mario and he will drop whatever he's doing and he will come and help me. He will pray for me. We need to become those people. And so let's keep reading. We're going to go to verse 24 now. Because Jesus' plans weren't interrupted just once today, but they were interrupted twice. <laughs> it says, so Jesus went with him. He was going with Jarius, and a large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all that she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped, and she felt it in her body that she was freed from her suffering. And at once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered. And yet you asked, who touched me? Who's been in the crowd recently? Like, it's been COVID. We've been like, <laughs> gotten so used to our bubbles of space. They've gotten really, really big. Our school had a function uh, not, not that long ago, a few weeks ago. Oh, my goodness, the people. It was outdoors. We were on the sports fields. It was okay. It was good. But I have not seen that many people or been a part of that many people in a very long time. And it was like, hi, hi, hi. <laughs> like, don't touch me. And uh, there were queues. So it was a food festival. So the whole idea is that you go, you buy food, you have supper there, you have a good time, you support the school in raising money. And um, we looked at those queues and we're like, I'm not that hungry. <laughs> you know, like, I love my kids, but I think I'll make a peanut butter sandwich when I get home. It's fine. So I'll, we weren't willing to stand in the queues. We sent the kids, if you're hungry, you go stand in your own queue. Show. <laughs> but um, it was a long evening, and 9 o'clock came, and it was getting chilly. And I was like, oh, man, I would love a cup of coffee. And I'm like, no. Yeah, I'm um, I need a cup of coffee, <laughs> you know, like, and I said to Milo, okay, and Tamara was with us, one of our friends was there with us, and I was like, okay, guys, I'll do it, I'll take one for the team, I will go stand in the queue, and I will brave the crowds, and I will come back with coffee, I promise, so off I went, it took a really long time, but it was worth it, and it made me think, how desperate are you to get into Jesus' presence, because so often we go, ah, it's okay, 
Oh man, it's dark at five o'clock in the morning. I don't want to get up. It's warm in my bed. You know, it's uncomfortable. It's okay. I'll spend time with him later. And you don't. No? Or you wake up in the morning and it's raining. Oh, I'm not going to church today. <laughs> it's cold out there. You know, like, oh, I'm just rather going to, like, I'll watch them online, which is awesome. We love you guys online. We do love you guys online. There's something so precious about getting into each other's space as well. But if you are desperate for him, then nothing should stop us. We should be able to push through the crowds, push through the conveniences, push through what is comfortable. And so that's what Jarius did. He pushed through. And he was like, and the woman with the issue of blood. They both pushed through. They were like, I'm going to get to Jesus. And then the woman get, touches Jesus and she gets healed, right? So she got what she came for. But then God tells Jesus to just pause. And it says in verse 32, Jesus kept looking around to see what he had, who had done it, who had touched him. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. Now I was thinking about it. I don't think she stepped up right away. You know, like, because she actually shouldn't have touched him. She'd been bleeding, so she was unclean. So by touching Jesus, she made him unclean. So there was this whole shaming thing going on around it as well. So when Jesus said, who touched me? I think she just sort of stood there for a little while, like, like back away slowly. But he paused. He waited. He gave her the opportunity, almost forced her to eventually go, okay, it was me. <laughs> it was me. And then I love it. It says she told him her whole story. Who knows a lady can tell a good story? <laughs> Actually, Milo tells a good story too. But she told him the whole story. So it probably took a while. This is 12 years of story that she's got. And she eventually comes and she tells everybody. And I often go, Jesus, why did she have to tell you that she was the one who touched you? And I really believe that it was a testimony that people needed to know. Hundreds of people had touched Jesus that day. Plenty, plenty had bumped into him or whatever, but they didn't come with the expectation that she did. She touched him going, if I can just touch him, I will be healed. And so I want to challenge us this morning. What do you expect from God? Are you expecting anything? Every day we should wake up with an expectation for an encounter or a something from God, going into your devotions, coming to church, going to life group, coming to prayer meeting. Those are all amazing opportunities to actually come with an expectation because you know you can come to church and leave and not have changed. But if you come expecting an encounter with God, you will get your life-changing moments. So I believe that Jesus really needed her to speak that out so that people could hear that she had had an encounter with Jesus, and he needed to pause. You know what I love? Jesus was actually already on his way to Jairus, right? Which was a good thing. How many of us are so busy doing good things that we don't take time to pause and just be with someone? Just listen to their story. Just let them talk to you. And I really feel that we need to 
slow it down, and even in the good things, here when God is telling you just, I have had moments where I'm rushing off to do something and, and I maybe encounter someone in the shop and you go, oh, they really look like they could do with a hug or a chat or a prayer or, but man, okay, and then I just carry on and I'll never get that moment back again. You don't know what they needed and what you're just pausing for a moment to hear them and to help them could have done in their life. So I don't want to miss those moments. I want to hear Jesus and be able to pause and listen to someone's story. And so I love, this is where these two stories kind of collide because the lady's getting her miracle. But remember, Jairus is still here going, <laughs> you know, like, come on, Jesus, I'm waiting for you. But these are two stories and, and, and we've heard that the little girl is 12 and the woman has been suffering for 12 years. So that means 12 years ago, Jairus and his wife were walking out of the hospital with their baby, little, little baby girl, and it's the start of a promise, and it's exciting, and it's new, and it's fresh. And 12 years ago, this woman got the diagnosis, wow, that we don't know what's wrong with you, but she's suffering. And, and so starts her 12 years of struggle and trying to find help and just so it's two completely different people two completely different stories two completely different experiences challenges social statuses like ev everything like they could not be more different and yet on this day they find themselves in the same place at the same time needing the same thing just a touch from Jesus. They both came to the Savior of the world going, if I could just get one touch from you, I would be healed. If you could just touch my daughter, she would be healed. And so no matter how different we are, no matter how different your walks have been, we all just need the same thing. We all just need a touch from Jesus. And so when we're out there in the world, and we're living a life that is introducing ordinary people to our extraordinary God. May we forget, like put aside those differences and only see, man, she needs a touch from Jesus. He needs a touch from Jesus. And we have what they need, right? We have it. So, but like, don't, let's not forget about Jairus. He's still waiting for his miracle. This amazing woman touched Jesus. She's been healed. She's declared her testimony. And Jesus says, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. And then Jairus is standing by. I don't know how you guys would feel. I might have been a little bit miff if it was me. Like if I, when I was waiting in queue for coffee, if someone else had let their friend come and stand in front of them and they got coffee before me, I would have been upset. And here poor Jairus has had his miracle interrupted. He's like, Jesus, this is me, 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 me. This is about me right now. You're following me. Um, it's just, you. No, I wouldn't have done that. No, I would have. <laughs> you know, God, did I not tell you that this is important? I need you to come with me now. And then people come from home. And from verse 35, it says, while Jesus was still speaking to the lady, they're still having a nice chat. 
Some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? I don't know what I would have done in that moment. But I feel like I've had moments where I go, okay, God, it's too late. Like, I prayed and I prayed and I asked and I asked, but I actually, I don't think it's going to happen anymore. But Jesus, overhearing what they'd said, told him, don't be afraid. Just believe. And God is so faithful that in our moments, because we will have them when we go, that's it. My dream is never going to happen. I'm never going to get this. I'm never going to whatever. Jesus leans in and he goes, don't be afraid. Just believe. And I really believe that while I was preparing that someone needs to hear that this morning. It's not the end. Jesus has got you. Don't be afraid. Just believe. The story gets better. Jairus' story got better. Your story is going to get better. But sometimes you just need to learn to pause in his presence and allow him to speak to you. And the hardest part, the Bible tells us, to mourn with those who mourn and rejoice with those who are rejoicing. And that's tough when you're waiting for your miracle and someone else just got their miracle. Now we need to rejoice with them. And that we can only do with Jesus. <laughs> because, man, that's a tough one, but it's what we've been called to do. We need to be able to celebrate with those that have got their miracle because come on, if they got their miracle, then surely God can do it for me too. And their life has changed and they're going to go on to do such amazing things and speak their testimony and lives be changed. So keep Jesus right here so that in those moments you go, don't be afraid, just believe and push into Jesus. So let's carry on. Finally, Jesus goes with Jarius. Yes, Jarius is like, yay. I think it's too late, but come on, let's do it anyway. I want to say this as well, and I heard someone say this in the week. They say, why bother the teacher anymore? Bother the teacher. God wants you to bother him. It's okay. So I believe Jairus kept bothering him. Everybody goes, no, it's too late. He's like, Jesus, come to my house. We're still going to do this. And so, verse 37, Jesus did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And when they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. I can just picture those, like they actually get people to do that. Hey, right? Like, ah! They have the wailers. Yeah, <laughs> I could do that. <laughs> but so, there's this commotion going on around outside Jairus' house. And Jesus goes to them and he's like, what on earth is going on? Why all this wailing and commotion? The child's not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. <laughs> Imagine laughing at Jesus. That was scary. They didn't know what they were doing. And so what did Jesus do? 
get out. Says after he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him, and he went in where the child was. And I believe that there are situations in our life where you need to actually just make the circle smaller. Who are you allowing to speak to you? Who are the voices that you are allowing to have an influence into your life? They're not always good. There are times when you need to say to people, I'm sorry, but you need to leave my room. You can't be in my space right now. And you know what? I realized at first I was like, tell the toxic people to go away. <laughs> They're not always toxic people. Sometimes they are, but they just haven't had the revelation that you have had. They haven't had the word from God that you have had. Jesus gave you faith for your journey. He didn't give someone else faith for your journey. So when they go, it's not possible, it's never going to happen, blah, 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 blah. They just haven't had the revelation that you have, and so you need to hang on to it, and you need to say, I'm just going to, like, ask you to not speak that into my life right now. I'm a very nice person, so I struggle to go. <laughs> so it's hard. It's hard, but there are times that we need to just make that circle smaller, put them out the room, and not allow that negativity to consume you. But you know... <laughs> At Prodeo, we are what? All about connecting you to life-changing relationships up, in, and out. So it's our relationship with God, with each other, and then going out and making a difference. And I noticed that Jesus put people out, but it also says he took the child. Is that me? He took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and they went to where the child was. You do need to surround yourself with the right people. You can't do this alone. You need to find people that are full of faith who will go, your dream is crazy, but I'm with you. Milo stood up here this morning in our before service time, <laughs> and he said, I have a dream, and I see this church full, and we're going to go to double services, and he needs people around him to go, Milo, there's like five of us here. No, I'm joking, there's not. <laughs> but even on the days when there are, we will dream with you, Milo. We will pray with you, Milo. We will have faith to see that happen. And we need those people in our lives. We need people that will go, come on, Jesus has got you. I will pray for you. I will trust for you. I will pick up your child even when I'm not going to school actually today. Whatever it takes, I'm there and I will support you. So you need to find those people and make sure that you surround your life with those people. And last night I realized, actually early this morning when I was going through, I realized I forgot to put the last verse in because I was like, well, that's so awesome. But there's a, we need to have the last verse, so I'm going to read it to you guys. Verse 41 says, Jesus took her by the hand, that's the little girl, and he said to her, Talitha kum, I think that's how you say it, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. And immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. At this, they were completely astonished. Can you imagine how Jairus felt? What a day, like up, down, ah, freaking out. And then Jesus gives him his little girl back. 
and he didn't get a healing, right? He went to Jesus saying, please heal my little girl. And Jesus went, I've got something better for you. I'm going to raise her from the dead. And so whatever it is that you're expecting from God, man, he's got so much better than you could ever think or hope or dream or imagine. Don't be afraid. Just believe. And so I want to look at one last point. And for this, I'm going to go back to verse 22, which says, Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. And verse 33, the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told the whole truth. We can only do this at the feet of Jesus. It's Stephen Joe, it's not me. <laughs> no, I'm joking, dude. I'm joking. He's trying to fix everything. You're amazing. <laughs> but, but there's no way that we can live this life trying to be like Jesus if we're not spending time at his feet and going, Jesus, I need you. If we want to make a difference, if we want to see people be saved, if we want to be someone that points people to Jesus, and I pray that those are all your prayer as well. We need to get back to the feet of Jesus and learn to just pause there. We're in a world that's so fast and so busy and so noisy so that when it comes to a moment where you just go, it's like my brain starts twitching and goes, eat the children, you know. There's so many distractions. And feed your husband. I never get that thought. It's so weird. <laughs> Love you, Milo. He says it himself. <laughs> but geez, it's something that you need to practice. And so when you go to Jesus and you're spending quiet time and you're like, God, today I'm just going to be in your presence. And five minutes later, you find yourself like Googling how to make stroganoff. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> reset, go back again and say, okay, God, I'm going to get this right. I'm going to learn how to just be in your presence, sit at your feet, listen to your voice, so that when I do get up, I am an effective, powerful, spirit-filled tool. For, I don't want to use tool, but yes, a tool to bring change into the world because that's what God has called you to do. We aren't here just to look pretty. We're actually here to make a difference, and you are all powerful, and you are all strong, and God has got that for us. So the last sentence I have here says, fall at his feet, sit there, cry there, laugh there, but it's only at the feet of Jesus that we have the moments that will forever change us. It's the crackle. We'll go with the spirit vibes. No. <laughs> I would love to pray over us. May I pray over you guys? Can I be forward and ask you to stand? Even if you're at home, I'm going to ask you to stand wherever you are. And um, just put yourself in a posture that says, God, I want to receive from you, whatever that looks like to you. But just open your heart. And say, Holy Spirit, come. 
simple as that right now. Father, we can learn so much from your word. And so, Father, I pray that wherever we are on our journey with you, Father God, whether we need to learn to just pause in your presence, whether we need to learn to not be afraid and just believe in you, whether we need to learn to step out and be available to help somebody. God, we can only do it if it actually starts with you. And so I pray right now, just fill us up. Fill us with your presence, your joy, your peace, your hope, your courage, your strength, your passion for people. Lord, make us more hungry for you. I pray that whatever our day looks like, Father, teach us to fight through the crowds, to get into your presence, to fight through the distractions, to fight through what is convenient and push into your presence. And then, Father, I pray for miracles. I pray for breakthrough. Whatever we are trusting for in this room or online, Father God, you know everyone's heart. You know everyone's situation. And I declare breakthrough right now in Jesus' name. I pray that we would see those miracles coming into being. But, Lord, in the meantime, may we rejoice with those who need us to rejoice with them. And comfort those who need us to comfort them. And most of all, may we enjoy your presence and the promise that you are with us. And Father, I pray that as we leave this building today, that we would leave changed. And that we would leave filled up and ready to encounter someone that needs you. And to bring change into a world that is full of hurt. And so we lift your name on high. We thank you for this amazing morning. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for being with us. And thank you that you go with us as well. So bless every family this morning in Jesus' mighty, powerful, awesome, wonderful name. Amen.